ain't no party like a Victorian dinner party because they're a Victorian dinner party. No one's allowed to leave until I say so. It's manners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm well. Uh, we're trying out a new uh, podcasting setup. Yeah. It's very, I, it's ergonomic. It is ergonomic. I'm here on the floor with our daughter, Dot. And I'm here hovering above it all. <laughs> well, you're actually sitting in a chair. Yes, I'm at, I'm at my desk at, at the command Central at, at Podcast HQ, as I like to call it. I've sure. never called it that before in my life. Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of this week. Hopefully, you've already listened to our very special episode about uh, video conferencing, mm-hmm. and you've told all your friends about it, because I was very proud of it. Indeed. And so, what are we talking about today? Um. Well, I think that a very natural uh, follow-up Mm-hmm. To uh, Zoom etiquette. Yes. It was a Victorian dinner party etiquette. Yeah, ob- obviously. <laughs> I mean, there are probably people who are like, why didn't they cover Victorian party etiquette in the episode? I and mean, I know. Yeah, we had right? to do it in two parts. Part one, uh, video conferencing Same. etiquette. Yep. Part two, Victorian dinner party. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Tell me. What is the thing? The thing is. Yeah. What is it? This is the kind of stuff I like to do. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I we're know. doing it. Like Victorian dinner parties. Like Victorian dinner parties. You don't need to make an excuse to me, baby. Okay. You well. know I'm here for a Victorian dinner party. All right. Great. I would. I. Wait. Is is uh, Christmas Carol Victorian? Yes. Okay. Because in most Christmas carols you watch, uh, there's like some party games and stuff at the dinner party. Mm-hmm. And I'm there for that. Right. We don't play enough like Minister's Cat. Okay. Well, okay. Well, so Christmas was a different beast. Okay. So Christmas was kind of like the one time that the Victorians and you know the Dickensian types they cut loose got to cut loose, right? Yeah, that's why they- a lot of people outlawed it. <laughs> we talked about that. We did the war on Christmas yes, episode. Okay, we did. Right, right, we right, did. Right. Um, but like the normal, ev- not everyday Victorian dinner party because it was special. Didn't have one yeah. every day. Uh, if you were the nouveau riche, you probably needed to have one a week. Wow. Well, because just to establish your right presence. Because yes. yeah. if you if you didn't come from money, didn't come from family, uh, that came from money. You needed to to make people, you know, notice you. You had and to worm your way into society somehow. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so these these Victorian dinner parties were more like exhibitions, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you had to invite people that would, you know, talk about how nice your house was and your furnishings and your cook and your how meek your servants were and you know, of course, like how how good you were at being Victorian. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Um, and so I bet you had to choose the guest list pretty carefully oh, with that in mind, right? Yes, like absolutely, because you wouldn't want 
super judgmental people to come because then they would yeah, badmouth you. But, but all the best people were the judgmental people. Right. You people. wouldn't want just the people who would compliment anything because then who's going to take their opinion to heart? So you had to be like, okay, well, they're kind of, you know, a hard nosed person, but mm-hmm. I think we can impress them. So that's a good get if we can get right. them to come. So a lot of this information is going to come from Florence Hartley's 19, uh, sorry, 17. Goodness. Can't read today. Let me try again. Okay. Florence Hartley's 1872 yep, <laughs> book, The Lady's Book of Etiquette and Manual of Politeness. Okay. Um, your Victorian dinner party started way, way, way before your dinner party with the invitations. Here's the whole invitation business. You'd get on Facebook. You would say, hey, do you want to come to my party? Yes. No. Maybe. Don't click maybe. Man, decide if you're going to go or not, you know? What are you going to do with 48 maybes? What are you going to do with 48 maybes? No. Huh? Make Actually, 48 maybe sandwiches? But the instant gratification of the guest list is something that existed at this point. Can I guess why? Why? Because you would send a runner with a card and with the RSVP, and then they would fill it out right there, and the runner would come back with it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. I've been paying attention. I mean, you could send it through the mail, but that's not all rich the, enough. All the best people sent a servant. Yeah, you put it on a platter, a silver platter. <laughs> um, and then, um, you are like you said, you're expected to respond immediately. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, and here, here is what you what you might say, right? So the invitation you got would say, Miss, let's say, Teresa Wellman. Miss Teresa Wellman's compliments to Miss Dot McElroy and request the pleasure of her company for Wednesday, March 9th at eight o'clock. Okay. Right. And then immediately, and of course, uh, PMRSVP. Oh. Meaning, of course. Responde, vous, si vous play. Okay. Um, now, this is a lot of pressure, right? Right. Because nowadays, we get an invite, and we just, like, look at it for a while. You and I will talk about it. Like, whoa, what do you, check the calendar, ask around to see if anything better is going on. Right. No. <laughs> you couldn't do any of that. Because immediately, you are locked in, and you respond with, Mr. and Mrs. Dot McElroy, except what? with much Dot's pleasure. married? Well, you oh, know. Oh, for the example. Okay. For the example. Except with much pleasure, Mr. and Mrs. Teresa's invitation on dinner, March 9th. Okay. Now, you really only have a second to decide because you have to send this runner back, right? And if you can't go, you have to tell them right then, which I think... It really makes it so much more urgent because you're like, oh, if I say that I can't go, then I really can't go and I want to go and I won't be able to say yes later. But if I say yes, I won't be able to say no later because it all reflects on your on your status in society. And I bet that this is also beneficial to the Nouveau Riche, right? Because like you didn't have time to research and say like, who is that? I I know I've heard their name. Are they important? Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't have time to figure that out. So you just be like, and you wouldn't have time to ask around and say like, are you going? Are you going to go to it? You would just be like, well, a dinner party. Mm -hmm. And this is a servant with like a silver platter. So it's probably important. So yeah. 
And then, like, you're locked in before you have time to, like, research and figure out who the person is. So you could send Miss... Yeah. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Dot McElroy regret that the previous engagement will prevent their accepting Mr. and Mrs. McElroy's kind dinner invitation for March 9th. Yes. Right. So I can't go. Can't can't go. I have other plans. Mm-hmm. I do notice that you said in there like a previous engagement that there's is there an option to like I don't wanna. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't. Okay. That would be a major snub. Yeah, because a previous engagement could be like I'm gonna nap. So going to bed early. The other problem is if you don't accept this invitation, uh, the hostess then begins inviting her second string of potential guests, all who will talk about you behind your back. Yeah. Because the second string will know that they're second string. She's really enjoying this mirror. Loves it. Babies, mirrors, they love it. Um, To be fair, I love mirrors too. (laughs) Uh, The second string will know that they're second string because the invitation will be sent secondly and not as like beautifully because their status probably indicates that they're second string. So the second string will know who the first string was and they'll talk about you. Man, now I'm thinking about all of the politics in this, right? Because like, then this is also like, if you're not there as a like top tier, like rich person, right? Like an aristocrat, Mm -hmm. then you are ceding a little bit of power to these people who are there so that they are forming connections and they are talking about you. And so, like, you have to go to maintain your status as being so important. But if you go, you're also there to, like, bolster up this nouveau riche, like, secondary person and give some of your status to them. So it's really, like, there's a lot at stake here of deciding who you say yes to and who you say no to. Exactly. And you have to do it like pretty much immediately say yes or no um okay so then now you've accepted the invitation and you're going and it says that you that the uh dinner is at uh eight o'clock right but you cannot be late in fact it's expected that you arrive 10 to 15 minutes early of course um and you could even get there uh right after the previous meal, right? So once the previous meal is being cleared from the table, you could arrive and you'd be, you probably wouldn't be like entertained the whole time. The hostess would meet you at the door and show you to the parlor. Yes. Where you could wait until and the other guests arrive. Stuff. Mm, well, but maybe. <laughs> that's probably something the host would want, right? It's like, I'm going to give you, like, if they have spent a lot of time perfecting that part. See, I'm coming at this from the nouveau riche perspective. Okay. okay. It was probably like if you were, old Vaurish, then it was probably like, oh, they're here super early. But if you were like new Vaurish, you're like, yes, they're here super early. I've put a lot of work into the parlor. I'm going to let them snoop around for a little bit and see what a good job I've done so that they will be impressed and like let them feel like they're snooping so they're getting all the dirt and the dish. Exactly, exactly. That hot goss. Okay. So now what you're doing is even if a guest has arrived already, you have met them in your day clothes. You're going to change into your evening attire. Oh, boy. Where if you are the hostess, you are expected to dress finely, but not too finely. So you better stick to, like, dark colors. Very Victorian. Right? Um, and not, and you could wear one or two understated pieces of jewelry. Yeah. I mean, you're in your hat. You're not going 
to a gala or ball or whatever. Exactly. But for a party that's supposed to show how, you know, awesome you are, mm-hmm. you're supposed to forget how awesome you are and dress not awesome. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a guest, you can dress a little more extravagantly. But I mean, of course, remember, this is Victorian sensibility, so right. not too extravagantly. Um, and of course, the the only makeup look is the no makeup look. Yeah. <laughs> of course. All right. So uh, even if the guest arrives extremely early, you are absolutely you have to be there to welcome them. Um, and you have to like stay by the door. So this is what I'm talking about, the kind of like the room to room business. So the host welcomes them into the home, uh, gives out introductions as they are accompanying them to the sitting room or the parlor. And then you leave them there to talk to each other and they best know how to behave. Yeah. Because you have to go back to the to the door to greet the other guests. And you could do this up to like 10 minutes before eight. See, here's another political thing, right? Like, well, the politics, I guess, is like. If you invite a guest, right, mm-hmm. and and they're like top tier, this is our like A level. We're really excited that they said yes. And then you invite in another guest who maybe isn't as well mannered, and you leave the two of them alone. That reflects on you as the host, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Baby Dot agrees. (laughs) Well, I mean, at this point in history, there were also usually two of you, um, because the only way you would have achieved status is to uh, to be married. Yeah. Um, And so one of you can post up at the door and the other one can can delight in conversation in the parlor. Okay, so then William from telling all his ribald jokes. Right. Um, Also, the way that you greet your guests should more than one arrive at the door is important. Uh, the oldest woman is always greeted first, then the younger women. Men are greeted last and also in descending order of age. Uh, so even if you know the man, like you haven't seen your brother in 10 years, the old lady from the post office is here first and you have to greet her first. What if their ages are like, cl- you just know? Yes, of course you know. You invited these people, you know every intimate aspect of their lives. Oh, boy. Okay, now everybody's here. Yeah. Uh, so you can move your guests from the parlor to the drawing room. And here uh, is- You can wh- draw. <laughs> no. Here is where your guests must first be seated in order of importance. Even though it's not like a table, right? The different stations in the drawing room determine like their status in society. What? Right? Okay. So you can tell what somebody thinks of you by where they sit you. Whoa. Okay. Um. So, winter in winter, chairs should be arranged around the fireplace with the lowest in social ranks are sitting furthest away from the heart. So, yeah, literally, yeah. the co- the lowest person is the coldest. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and this is where you should, you know, really turn up that dazzling conversation. But, of course, not too much because we're Victorians. And mostly the husband would do the talking because wife sh- should be seen and not heard. Yeah. Oh. Um, and the the woman of the ho- household is expected to stick to topics like literature and art. Okay. Yeah. Well, All right. All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So now we've moved from the parlor to the drawing room. Now it's time to go to the dining room. That this- is exciting. But first, 
How about a thank you note for our sponsors? Schmanners wants to give a thank you note to our sponsors this week. We're sponsored in part by DoorDash. Continue supporting the restaurants you love in your community safely. We've started doing it. We've been doing it where we find local restaurants that are on DoorDash and we order through there. And then also, this is just a tip for me to you. Make sure you're also tipping just the heck out of those delivery drivers. And listen, everybody's working hard right now to make sure everything is going as smoothly as possible and that you can still enjoy the meals you love while keeping the restaurants you love open. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for their first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERS. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for your for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERS. Don't forget, that's code SCHMANNERS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We also want to thank Nextdoor. Staying connected is now more important than ever. Nextdoor is helping by offering a great way to keep in touch with your neighbors and get local information from your community. There are so many ways our neighbors can help us. We just need an easier way to connect with them. So Nextdoor is a free app that connects you to your local community so you can talk to your neighbors and tap into trusted local knowledge right from your phone. Nextdoor is in every neighborhood in the U.S. and neighbors are already working together to build stronger, safer, and happier communities all over the world. So what are you waiting for? The app is free. Go to nextdoor.com slash schmanners to sign up and see what's happening in your neighborhood. Be sure to use the link from our show to sign up so they know you support our show. That's nextdoor.com slash schmanners. We also have a Jumbotron from Jack and Company, and it's for Nestor. Happy birthday to my sweet boy, Nestor. The best guinea pig I've ever known, who so loved the dulcet tone of Travis and Teresa. May 14 would have been your 10th birthday. I know you'd have perked your ears and whistled hearing your favorite podcasters say your name. Thanks for all the joy you brought to our lives in your nine years. That's absolutely beautiful. Nestor, you'll be missed. Uh, You sound like you are a good, sweet boy. I'll miss you. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hi, I'm Lori Kilmartin. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Who are you, Lori Gilmartin? Oh, my God. So much pressure. Uh, I'm a stand-up. I've been doing stand-up since 1987. Uh, I'm a writer for Conan. I've written a couple books, have a couple CDs out, have a special out. Who are you, Jackie? Well, I, too, am a stand-up comic since 1984. And uh, I do the road like a maniac and uh, don't have a cool writing job, but I have four albums out working on a new album. We talk about stand-up. We talk about uh, all the different parts of stand-up comedy. So that's the Jackie and Lori show, and you should subscribe on Maximum Fun if you want to hear that. (laughs) And I would encourage you not to. Okay. It's time for the main event. The main event. The procession. What? 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 Yeah, the procession from the drawing room to the dining room. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. So, 
As a hostess, you should decide which gentleman will be escorting which lady into the dining room. And you can't just have people pair themselves up. You have to do it. Um, and you have been agonizing over this, uh, in the weeks prior because, uh, you have to make sure that you don't offend anyone yeah. as you partner them up. Of course. Um, and so, for example, the guest of honor must always enter the new room first, followed by the most senior lady. Um, many couples, husbands, wives, things like that, or brothers, sisters, people like that, um, are fine to walk in together. But if any of the uh, friends are single or widowed, you have to pair them specifically with someone close to their age. And you can't have them enter last, or that would be really rude. Okay. So here's a good example. If the guest of honor is a woman, the host of the dinner party enters first with the guest of honor or the most senior lady. Then he would sit at the foot of the table. Then the hostess would enter next and sit at the head of the table, if there is one, but we'll get to that. Um, and she would escort the guest of honor to go first if the guest of honor was a man. Okay. I know, right? Most people would be scheduled to uh, enter the room at descending order of age, but you also had to be aware of the pairs. So a person's escort was probably going to be sitting with them and getting the procession wrong would make things awkward for everyone. I'm just <sighs> thinking about like all the math that went into this and figuring this out of like, can you imagine now having a party and being like, man, I'd love to invite John, but there's just no one of his age to pair him off with to walk into that room. So guess he's out. Guess not. Well, and this is kind of like prime time for setting up your single friends, right? Right. But you have to, the, the way that you could even fathom getting them next to someone who was also single. I mean, you the triangulations yeah. of this whole thing, right? This is why this makes a lot more sense to me in terms of like, when I think about dinner parties, I always think about like books and movies where it's like, I'm going to help you be upwardly social mobile, socially upward, whatever. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm going to pair you, not necessarily with a romantic interest, but like somebody who's like going to be able to help your career or help your social status. Or yeah, help. totally. Yeah. Okay. So, now that we know who we're walking in with, we best know where we should sit. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, business cards, calling cards. Yeah. Uh, place cards, also very important. Um, and you might assume where you're sitting is either who you walked in with or who you arrived with, but that would not be the case. No, I do know this, is that it was bad form to, like, pair someone with their partner at dinner. Mm -hmm. You were supposed sit next to them. To sit next to them, right? You were supposed to have, like, not random, but, like, put people with different people so that they have stuff to talk about and so that there's more mingling exactly. at the table. So if people had too much in common or it was thought that they might enjoy each other's uh, company too much, yeah. then they would be split up in order to keep the conversation open for everyone. Right, because you don't want just, like, two people facing each other and talking, right? You want them addressing the mass, the crowd. Exactly. Got it. Um, nextly important is the type of table and furnishings that you're sitting down at, which would also reflect your status and the status of your guests. Okay. You give the most important person the biggest plate. <laughs> 
No, but we have talked about the different serving style, styles being reflected in uh, the a la russe right. uh, dining service versus the a la francaise, right. all, a la inglaise, all of that stuff. Yes. Um, uh, it should be an oval table, uh, which would be, you know, difficult to produce, difficult to to make all that kind of stuff. Uh, Way look more difficult nice. than rectangular. Yeah. Actually, yes. Yeah. Uh, because it's too aggressive and does not allow for the flow of conversation. Oh, rectangular is too aggressive? Yes. It's, huh. I, I'm told it's too aggressive. Okay. It must be elegantly and artistically. You know what? That actually makes sense. Because if you think about placement, right? If it's rectangular, the people at the ends have to like lean out to see the people down at the other ends. Mm-hmm. But if it's oval, everyone's kind of naturally facing inward in a way that makes it easier to see the people at the far ends. Okay. Yeah, right? Because if you think of like... Not that you would lean around another person Well, that's to what speak. I'm saying. With rectangular, right, you would have to lean around to talk. But if you're at an oval, the people in the center of the table, right, everyone's kind of like inwardly focused at the table. So it's easier to see each other without leaning around each other. Okay, I get it. Um... It must be, your table must be elegantly and artistically for spread. Of course. With a suggestion of maybe ferns and flowers mm-hmm. and, of course, your finest crystal. Yes. For, here's a quote, the settings of your table need not require much wealth, but good taste is required to set it handsomely. Oh, yes. Those Victorians. Oh, it's what you do with it. I don't think that you could set your uh, your, your finest china on a budget. That's fair. Okay. We've talked a little bit about table setting, but here's one of the things, right? You would have instructed your servants to conduct your table setting according to the newest fads, of course. Um, and so... Everything should be measured so that it is exactly four inches from the edge of the table. Uh And you're going to need a measuring tape because between the soup, oysters, entrees, and dessert, each person could have up to 20 serving utensils. And that's not counting if they need spoons for tea or coffee. Now, they wouldn't all be on the table at the same time. That would be redonkulous. But they would have to be... I must say, Lady Marmington, this table layout is redonkulous. (laughs) They would have to be placed and replaced exactly in the right place. Um, And then you would also have uh, three glasses, one for water, one for champagne, and one for wine, which was, if we're talking about the, the English Victorians, this would be usually sherry. Yeah. Um, and so the water would be to the right and you would start on the outside and work your way in with the silverware. We've, we've talked about that before. And like I said, though, um, each the silverware would be placed according to what you were having for dinner. But it could be placed and replaced with every course. OK. Ooh. So this is not only a test for the host and hostess. But for their staff as well. Exactly. And Victorian dinner parties required at least five courses and could have up to 13. Oh, Boise. Oh, Boise. So. This is exhausting. And to do this once a week? Yeah. And it would cost a lot of money, right? Because not only do you have to provide the food, you have to furnish the house and all that stuff. Courses could include soup, fish, 
hors d'oeuvres, meat and vegetables for your entree, a third course of more meat with puddings and pastries and ices, and then dessert. But dessert didn't really count for a course because it was usually served in a different room. Right. And then, of course, there's the jerky course. <laughs> there's the frozen peas course. Um, there's a lot to think about here, folks. The candy course, of course. Can- of course, of course. The yeah. horse course, of course. The horse course, of course. <laughs> Now, some of these things do sound pretty good. Um, things like yummy breads and beefs and things like that. But um, as we know, the Victorians, they uh, they had a different palate at the time than we do now. So other things might have included boils ca- boiled calf's head, mm-hmm. uh, pickled oysters, okay, heron pudding. Okay. Or brown Windsor soup, which is a, a soup made out of beef gravy, malt vinegar, pepper, and figs. Okay. Interesting. Not not really my idea no. of delicious, but, you know, maybe somebody likes it. People, maybe they did. Maybe they did. People did eat it and didn't die immediately. So oh, cool. I'm, okay. I'm sure it was fine. A ringing endorsement from Teresa McElroy. <laughs> Uh, one personal favorite dish of Queen Victoria was bone marrow toast. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. I do like. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's say that you do like all of the, the food being served. Um, you lick your plate clean. The servants are going oh. to offer you seconds. But this is a trap. Really? Never, never, never accept seconds. Then why do they offer it? Well, because... The hostess has timed the courses and the course and when the courses come out, the next course comes out, you better be done because uh, you're going to have a backlog of foods. Oh, OK, OK, OK. Right. OK, you get about 20 minutes for the entree. You get 10 minutes for all of the side ones. It does seem like we're at probably 11 o'clock at night, though, right? With all of the talkings and the processionings and the sittings and the coursings and all of that stuff. After we're done with the food, you can move to another room where dessert has been laid out. But usually men and women will retire to separate rooms. And a good hostess hangs out for at least an hour after the tea and coffee to entertain her guests for more sparkling conversation. But you can only leave and go to bed if your guests are primarily male, because then you would be, you know, expected to excuse yourself. So the men folk can do things such as drink brandy, uh, uh, have cigars and talk about all um <laughs> Alex, I love Alex. She says, talk about those orphans at the steel mill who can never thread the sewing machines right. Okay. <laughs> She's great. All right. But when when does anyone else get to go home other than the hostess and the ladies? When the guest of honor leaves. Yes. Whenever that is. Yeah. Uh, dawn, maybe. Oh, I don't know. After dawn, so it really breakfast is question, the next it's day. Till question mark. It, it is the original till question mark. Oh, boise. Okay. And heaven forbid if you fell asleep or if- they would write on you with Sharpies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but your your status would be would be in question. Yeah. Because your ability to host and maintain like this kind of, um, what, what do you say? Stamina. 
right, was all part of it. Because That's probably even, why they did coffee so late in the evening. Yeah. Even though you're not expected to be a party animal, you got to be able to to last till dawn. Yeah. And I think, gosh. So the party starts at 8, and you're supposed to arrive early. So people could arrive as early, let's say, as like 5 o'clock after tea. And then... You probably don't serve dinner till 10. You're probably not done until 11 or 12. Then you're expected to have more conversation, probably till two, maybe oh, three. No, and then thank you. That's when the hostess could retire if most of the, the guests are female. But if most of the, I'm sorry, if, if most of the guests are female, you would have to stay up even later and you can't leave until the, I don't know if I could do this. Well, then they'd probably, you know, sleep until, what, noon? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you have ideas for topics, you can email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com. Uh, when we have m- a little more actionable uh, topics, we will put out the call for questions on Twitter, at schmannerscast. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we usually say, Teresa? Well, we always say thank you to Brent Brentelfloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art, as you already mentioned, at Schmanners Cast. Um, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for our cover uh, f- photograph of the fan run Facebook group Schmanners Fanners, which you should join if you love to give and get excellent advice. Thank you also to our um our researcher and writer alex um gosh i really love these things this that's so much fun for us to do together yes thank you alex and thank you all for listening if you enjoyed this episode please tell a friend uh and i think that's gonna do it for us oh go check out all the other amazing shows on maximumfun.org they're all great and that's gonna do it for us uh join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manner schmanners Get it? Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.